part two in review. Do we start everything new or just keep going? You're listening to Return to Gilead, a fan podcast for Down Gilead Lane, by two new but avid fans of the show. I'm Michael LeFaver. And I'm Ryan Matlock. And today we're continuing our discussion from last episode with 1-3, The Unlovables Part 2, by Beth Culp, Episode 3, on our return to Gilead. You want to talk about Anna Townsend? Sure. So. Who? Yes, I do want to talk about Anna Townsend. How about you go ahead? You first, if you have more to say. So, fun fact, um, I ship... Maya and Michael, and like that—that that sounds weird, but it, it is like, really weird. Throughout, yeah, throughout the episodes, they get older. Obviously, the kids do, and they continue to live with each other and interact with each other. Eventually, it gets to the point where I like they're getting older and like probably gonna get married at some point soon, <laughs> and so that's that's where I'm coming from. No spoilers for the future, but I ship Maya and Michael. And Michael ships Anna and Michael. Yes, I do. Uh, because Anna, introduced in this episode, and in some future stuff that we'll talk about later, is a really, I think she's a great match for Michael. Because it seems like she gets, at least in this first one, we don't really see any of that. There's a little bit of teasing that Maya's talking about her being his girlfriend, and that's that yeah. wouldn't be appropriate at this time to, to say that. But as these characters no. get older, we'll talk about that. I'll just put that there. Put a pin in that. We'll come back to that in season nine. Anyway, right. <laughs> which is a long <laughs> yes. way from now. Yeah. Uh, but, so I didn't know if that's what you were like. You were like, well, do you want to talk about Anna? And I was like, oh, are we going to talk about our controversy of opinions here? That's no, kind of where I was not. going. But also, uh, <laughs> just starting off here, Anna, here's why Anna is a great character. At first, yes. she seems just like another kid that's being picked on by Maya. But we learn that she's really shy. And in her demeanor, she doesn't say much. And that's a great part about her because even though Michael has a great quote where he's talking to Anna and making trying to make her feel better, and he says, you're a likable kind of person for a teacher's pet. And that's still, like he says, like you're still the teacher's pet, but that's fine. That's okay. Uh, I'm you're, wondering if you're Anna... You're not an annoying teacher's pet like Maya. <laughs> no, Maya's just not a teacher's pet at all. Right. But what's great about Anna is that she exhibits all, sort of, all these great qualities that Maya picks up on at first. And then when Maya starts calling her on it, we get to see Anna's sort of darker side where she gets really, really frustrated, even more than Michael does, at Maya. And so when Anna and Michael have their first conversation, and I'm trying to remember what's going on here. I think, is it Michael and Anna who are talking? I think it's Michael and Maya who are talking afterward. And then Anna walks Mm -hmm. up and says that she's sorry that she made Maya mad. And Maya just says, no, stop being such a kiss up. And... Anna gets flustered and she's not wanting to provoke controversy, which is great, and walks away. And later on in the episode, she does get in an argument because she's had it and she's had enough of it. And she's also had Michael kind of there saying, yeah, Maya's kind of not great before they have the talk with the Morrisons. But when Michael goes and talks to her, who the girl we've seen for the rest of the episode as just a shy, passive, I guess, participant in these arguments is saying things like, I hate it here. And uh, there's something where she's like, I, I wish I could get rid of Maya, essentially. Yeah, or Maya wishes that this were my last day here or something. Yeah, and there's and it's interesting to have a character who is not one dimensional. She has sort of her in the face of danger side, but then also her internal thought life, which we get to see through her conversation with Michael, mm-hmm. which also 
as far as Michael's concerned, he's not one-dimensional either. He deals with the issues in the face of them by, like, saying, Maya, stop it. But then he's also kind, and we get to see sort of a softer side of him when he goes and tries to cheer up Anna. Yeah, because we see yeah, what he wants. I, he wants a I good love. friend. He, he's had Maya for so long, like, as an acquaintance, but now having a friend, it's great. Yeah, and I, I love just, like, the, the small bit of commentary where he he's like, hey, fine, that's a weird name. Or something. What does he say? <laughs> a dad joke. He says, hey, are you okay? Yeah, yeah I'm fine. Hi, fine. My name's Mike. That's a terrible joke. Yeah, yeah my dad yeah, told it term. to me. I'm like, yes. <laughs> I hope your dad's not a comedian. <laughs> he thinks he is sometimes. <laughs> it's just it's like, so I'm good. in this picture and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but what's great about that is, again, with the writing, it's everything flows so fantastically. And if I didn't know that this was 2001, this was released, I would think this is modern day stuff right here. This is top notch writing. Wow. Big fan. I was four years old. I was zero years old. Wait, no, I was negative. Anyway, do you want to listen to the? Do you want to listen to the clip of the day? I was negative years old. Yes, let's let's do it. Well, that's over. At least she forgave us. Yeah, my mom and dad will be happy. So how come I don't feel better? I mean, we did what we were supposed to do. I don't know. I guess I do feel better about how we acted. Me too. But I don't feel like everything's fixed. Yeah. Well, I guess we just keep trying, huh? I guess. And who knows what'll happen? Dad parted the Red Sea and saved Daniel from the lions then. He probably doesn't think Maya's so impossible. Maybe you forgot that we're talking about Maya here. <laughs> Very funny. So looking at that clip from a story structure standpoint, uh, something that listeners would be picking up on at that point, because it's part two, it's about maybe two-thirds of the way through the story, and the conflict apparently is kind of resolved where they bring up we're going to forgive you Maya and Maya kind of shrugs it off like oh whatever but don't talk about God with me and then just leaves she doesn't bother to stick around and pick on them anymore but there's still more to the story and that's what good story structure does is that what you think is the ending or what you think is the natural resolution by the third act you realize oh there's something much deeper here and that's what these two characters are feeling and what I think is represented really well in that scene is that this isn't the end of this even though we did what we were supposed to do, what our parents, what uh, the Morrisons told them to do, and what follows from that is what Maya does and kind of reacting back to them and how they don't call her out on the things she's doing. And, and that's, it, that's yeah. a reiteration of the, uh, I don't know, of one of the story structure, but two of their, they have peace about it because they made peace about it, but they still don't feel like everything's okay. And I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, and it's a testament to the writing because it's all too tempting to be like, okay, here's the solution, and then make that the climax is that, hey, hey we forgive you. You forgive me? Oh my gosh, I'd like to learn more about Jesus. That would be kind of weird. Yeah. And cringy and cheesy and like Jonathan Park level <laughs> stuff. From like season one or whatever. And that's not what they do here. They they take the time to build it and make it realistic and ask the question, well, what would Maya do here? Shrug it off. That's exactly the answer, what Maya's character would do in this situation. And so it feels real. It doesn't feel cheap. Um, but then additionally, I think it's a testament to understanding where the listener might be. Because a listener who might be in a similar situation the characters echo the sentiments of the listener, probably, where Anna's saying, I don't feel better. 
I don't feel like it's resolved. That's probably exactly how someone who's in the middle of the conflict would feel. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if Beth Culp feels like that or has felt like that at the end of her conflicts. Even if she knows she did the right thing, it doesn't feel like we're we're done here. Yeah. Just because we said the things we were supposed to say. I've been in personal conflicts where I say the things I'm supposed to say and the other party doesn't necessarily <laughs> like welcome me with opening arms, uh, open arms. And I'll be like, okay, I feel less stressed because I know I did what I should do. It's not entirely resolved and that's okay. I, I kind of have to learn to be okay with that and trust God with that. Because that's not my pile. That's not my responsibility to make them do the rest of the conflict resolution part. Because a conflict is often two people having a struggle with each other. And the Christian response is not to hammer them to get their side fixed. It's to just make sure our side is fixed. By conflict, a lot of the times the way I look at it is whoever walks away with the prevailing worldview, that's the goal for me to walk away from a conflict having convinced the other person and convince the other person meaning change the other person that's not healthy just no. like the first episode <laughs> says that's you'll that's drive yourself not, crazy uh and i have it's been weird but what the rest of the episode does really well in the axiom the maxim that i am starting to accept show don't tell what it does really well is it shows that anna and michael are willing to go to great lengths to reach out to maya and from what Maya does and knocking over Michael's beaker. And then I think she, something happens where she accidentally hurts or on purpose hurts Anna in uh, basketball practice. Is it? Yes. And then when Michael's talking about that with his family, moving on from there to where Mrs. Collins is having a world religions section of social studies, which is kind of cool because she doesn't necessarily say anything about Christianity, though I feel like she's really sympathetic to it. And then she lets the kids talk about their faiths, which first off, I hope that she keeps on being able to do that and that the school doesn't fire her for doing that because that's that's great. <laughs> you that, know, it does depend on the school. Like, you hear a lot of stories like, oh, schools are just shoving Christians to the curb, but that's the schools that get all the news. And yes. I think that most most schools are a, mo- a lot more moderate and less dictatorial about things like that because... Your normal average Joe doesn't care. Well, and what Anna and Michael do is they present a great example of what a Christian should be. And Maya, whereas previously she'd been making making snide comments about, I bet Anna didn't read 27 books and uh, Michael only read one. Yes. That was the <laughs> that was the haiku of the last podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but in, in this, uh, when Maya and Anna are arguing before Anna talks with John Morrison, Mrs. Collins steps in and breaks that up and calls their parents, which is a great move. But then in this in this one, where Maya's provoking the argument, Mrs. Collins cuts her off and then lets her ask her question respectfully. And Maya asks the question, what makes you so special that God would save you? And I have a note in my notes that the music is really great here because it contrasts John Campbell, doing a great job, contrasting the way that Maya is acting here with the way that Anna's acting. I don't know if you noticed that, but there, when Maya's speaking, there's a different kind of music than when Anna does. And then Michael jumps in and says the same thing, that God really is our best friend. And although John Campbell doesn't really use leitmotifs, which is musical themes for the characters, from what I see, uh, from what I've no. noticed, he... No, it's more for the show. Yeah. There, there's the constant, uh, the fun fact, uh, for the person that doesn't realize, the Down Gilead Lane theme 
is based off of the tune from There's a Balm in Gilead. Yeah, I didn't get that until like season 12. Right? (laughs) (laughs) But it's really cool because like uh, even when my wife told me that, I was like, whoa, really? I think she told me like two seasons in. And I was (laughs) like, oh, yeah, I think. Oh, yep, there it is. I had to listen for a little bit to catch it. Um, But that theme is built throughout the tunes that play. Even if it's not like the main theme, it might be a variation of the main theme. Um, yeah. playing behind someone's words and that's there especially when someone is talking about biblical truths yeah and what's so great about that and the symbolism of gilead is that when you see where all these characters end up at the end of the series and the song there's a bomb in gilead to make the wounded whole to heal the sin sick soul i think is the way it goes that that's what happens with a lot of these characters who are non-christians or even the characters who are christians and are struggling that the characters on gilead lane the morrison's really, really do have an impact on the rest of the town and for the better. Even as they're growing, everyone else is growing along with them. And it, they're they're just really admirable. And I think yeah. Anna and Michael, as they grow throughout the series and how they treat Maya is, it's a great example. Even though they're not perfect here in the beginning, uh, they and the Morrison parents, uh, they do a great job in saying, this is this is what you should emulate. This is uh, This is good to do. Right. And another thing, it's real, it's just a minor thing, but the the cool thing about the Gilead uh sort of comparison there for the with the song there's a bomb in Gilead is that these characters don't necessarily always have like quick fix it solutions they have biblical solutions but they aren't necessarily like because we live in a fallen world not all the solutions are going to be quick fixes or make out make all the problems go away like again Maya is going to be for a while kind of mean and antagonistic and these uh, ways of dealing with that problem that uh, Michael and Anna learn in this and the last episode are not fixing the problem immediately, but they are a balm. It makes things better, not yes. because it removes the issue, but it soothes the issue because you know that your heart's right. Right. I think that's a great place to end this. Right. Although, first, got to talk about the, the skit at the beginning of part one that doesn't <laughs> oh, appear yes. in we any other episode. the skit. <laughs> <laughs> Joe and Herman. Was it Joe? Is that the one guy? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't, Joe and Herman or something? Uh, yeah, Joe and Herman because it's, oh, thanks, Herman. Uh, I mean, Herman. Herman the man. I think that character is played by. <laughs> I think that character is played by Jacob. But anyway, yeah. uh, just, just a little tidbit. That's, that skit's not in any other episodes. It's just, just this one. Yeah, and it's so out of the blue. <laughs> It fe- it felt so it felt so strange to me because like again I'm coming from Odyssey where if they did a skit with Chris that Chris Anthony was the host of or is the host of Adventures in Odyssey and if they did a skit it would be a skit and if they didn't then she would just introduce the episode and say hi welcome we're gonna do an Adventures in Odyssey and here Zach or because I yeah it is Zach in this episode Zach's doing um, the the intro and then Jacob does the voice right so Zach intros as if we're gonna just go into the episode and he's talking about like okay, he's talking in a way that sounds like he's gonna introduce the episode but then he just goes into this random skit <laughs> and I was like wait wait where's the episode what's going on here who are these guys <laughs> this, is, this is the most lackluster voice acting ever no it's so funny it's so it it's is so great yeah but it's because it's lackluster he's like hey <laughs> I'm Joe. <laughs> Can you give me some coals? Can I have some coals? It's a, it's hilarious. Let's cut that off there. All right. 
It's feedback time. We got a couple time comments. For a feedback loop. <laughs> we got a couple comments on the first episode of the podcast, and just a quick PSA for those of you who may be listening in the future and thinking, "Oh man, it's going to take so long for me to catch up." It's okay if you're behind. I know the release schedule is kind of crazy, but. Uh, we're not going to ignore older feedback. In fact, I love older feedback. It makes me know that, you know, lets me know that people are still listening to the show. Yeah, I just love the fact that there's a community at all. Like, it's such an older show and generally semi-lesser known, like, as like compared to Odyssey, at least. Like, coming from that, it's like, oh, big community. And then it's like, is there even a community? There is. And I love <laughs> it. It's beautiful. Yeah, so please don't feel bad if you haven't caught up. It's totally, totally fine. And it'll be here for as long as you need to get through the series, if, if you want to, if we don't bore you by the end of this thing. <laughs> so we got three comments on episode one, which was a review of Meet the Morrisons. I got an instant message from Emily White on Facebook, and Ooh. she is a Hi, super, she is a super fan of Odyssey. And she sent me a message that said, I just listened to the first episode of Return to Gilead. I love it. The theme music is awesome. You did a great job on the piano. And well, thank you, Emily. I recorded the intro to this myself and that little transition music you just heard. I did both of those, my own recording, which was an arrangement of motifs from the theme song. Uh, But then the raps of the podcast are actually a rendering, not me playing the piano, but me arranging the music of the, the outro music of down Gilead Lane. So that's not actually me playing the piano. Yes. I, I wish it was, but <laughs> I still had a lot of fun composing that. Yeah, and uh, Emily was not the only person who appreciated your piano music. Uh, Brendan McFarlane posted on the Down Gilead Lane fan club and said, so I listened to the first review of Return to Gilead. The fact that we have the first podcast in years about DGL is great, but the music Michael LeFevre put together gave me all the feels. Such iconic mm-hmm. music put to piano only. So thank you, Brendan. Yeah, thanks. It's it's really great to hear people saying what they liked and uh, hopefully in the future what you didn't like about it. But no, yeah, I I was thinking because this is a bit of a different podcast than I've done before, it'd be great to have actual music for it. So I'm, I'm really glad it stood out. Yeah, it, I like it a lot too. I also got a comment from Austin Peachy. We are both members of the Audio Drama Alliance and I posted in there about it. And Austin said, listen to the first episode yesterday. A great start. Well, thanks, man. Yeah. Hi, Austin. <laughs> yeah, well, he's a he's a good friend of the both of us, and I'm really glad he's enjoying this. Uh, we've talked. Yeah. We actually talked for quite a bit before the podcast released, and he sent me the old editions of the official Down Gilead Lane podcast, and I've been listening to those, Ooh. and that's been really fun. I'm hoping I can get those released somewhere. So are they not online somewhere? No, they're not. They. I, I wish there was an archive somewhere, but they're oh. not available right now. But going back to Emily, she had a little bit more to say. First, she had a question of, is it going to be a Monday, Wednesday, Friday release, or do you have another plan? And yes, uh, we're planning on doing every Monday, Wednesday, Friday for (laughs) as long as we can keep this up. (laughs) She also says, there are so many differences between this and Odyssey, and I love that you brought those out. I love how the Morrison family grows together throughout the course of the show. I can't wait for you to get into the Richter family arc. I love all the development of both families we get. Odyssey doesn't tend to develop their families as a unit, and I love that Down Gillian Lane does. Yes, yes, yes. That's absolutely partly the reason why we're doing this because the family development is so so fantastic it really is and it makes you feel a lot more for all the characters and just kind of you feel like you can grow with them too because if you're listening to them throughout your childhood Mm -hmm. then all the different stages of the family uh like the people in the family who are different ages you can relate to them differently throughout your childhood and then you can grow with them almost literally because you get to react to the different ages also as the characters are aging. Yeah, exactly. So it 
seems like we're getting a lot of good feedback. Let's hope the rest of the episodes garner as much positivity as the first one did. Yes. Well, we've made it through three podcasts. I, I really like this track. Like, just keeping it at a shorter length rather than doing the, the long, long form that we do in audio news all the time. Ryan, this is this is really great. Really fun. It is. I've enjoyed it. And I hope to continue enjoying it for another, what, 144-something <laughs> episodes? We'll, we'll figure it out. So far, it seems like the release schedule's working out all right, but uh, you'll hear from us. Or you can leave us some feedback if you have any suggestions on things we could do differently. Uh, the next episode is going to be episode four, Overtime. Uh, that one's an interesting one, so I'm excited to talk about that. How about you, Ryan? Yeah, I, I'm down for it. Okay. Ryan, uh, where can listeners go to leave a voice message or to get in contact with us? Well, they can go to anchor.fm slash return to Gilead to leave us a voice message. We might play it here on the podcast if they want to go and do that. We can also leave comments there. Um, we just I don't think we can hearing... get comments there. We can't get comments yeah, on anchor.fm? Re- I don't know. i got to figure that thing out. You can find me on Facebook. What? I'm on the Down Gilead Lane uh, fan group page, I think is what that is. Uh, There are plenty of ways to get in contact with me if you want to talk about the show. But uh, in the meantime, I'm Michael. And I'm Ryan. Thanks for joining us today. And we hope you'll come back next time as we once again return to Gilead. Gilead.